1: Here's your conservative but not bitter host, Todd Hoff.
0: All right, well, day number nine. <laughs> day number nine of a party in absolute turmoil, confused, uncertain, upset, worked up, presenting to us a group of candidates that candidly um, are off the charts in many cases with their political ideologies. So it is good to be here this morning. I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, Todd at com. So I want to start. All right. So I want to paint this picture this morning. I want to start. There's a couple of sound bites that I want to play. In fact, maybe I should just play this one off the top. This was from February 7th. Which would have been, is that Friday? 7th? Yes. Friday night. MSNBC. You may have heard part of this. Good old MSNBC. They're up on the panel. There's uh, five of them up there. I don't know who all is up there. I do know Chris Wallace. That's the one that we're going to listen to here off the top. Chris Hayes in the middle there. MSNBC. They take to the stage to talk about the current slate of candidates, the state of the Democrat Party, which is another thing altogether. Democratic Party. Did I call it? Look, it's a party of Democrats. I call it the Democrat Party uh, because I think that that, um, some folks have a problem with that. Democratic Party. It's easier for me to say Democrat Party because I. It's more understandable to me to say party of Democrats and someone that uh, really understands the democratic framework of this uh, great nation as it is part of a larger constitutional republic. But anyway, I want to play this. I want to play this, this discussion. It goes on for a couple of minutes. I could have played just a few seconds of it, but I think I want to play the entire thing because this encapsulates what's happening within the Democrat Party. This encapsulates what's happening. This captures the angst, the uncertainty, the anxiety of certain folks in the party who are um, in, the, say, the Biden wing of the party or at least those that are not openly socialist. Openly socialist. I'm not sure. I'm looking at New Hampshire. Apparently, there's four votes that have been cast. I don't know what's going on here. But anyway. I want to show you, or I want to play for you, you can't see it, but I want you to hear this, uh, this conversation about the state of the Democrat Party because I think we're going to use this as a kind of a jumping off point to talk about the, the overall fears, just the, the state of, of turmoil. Again, it's day number nine, day number nine of a party in crisis. So I want you to hear this and we'll talk about this as it relates to New Hampshire, the primaries in general, the nomination process in general, and where we're headed overall. So take a listen to this.
1: But I think that the Democratic Party has to figure out its ideology. Uh, In Britain, we had the Liberal Party. I wasn't going up at the beginning of the last century. We had the Liberal Party. They were overtaken by the Socialist Party. Labour became the main thread, the main challenger to the Tories. Churchill went back to the Tories. We know all those. A lot of us know that history. Uh, A lot of us will be sorting things out if the Democratic Party runs a socialist candidate. That's a change from the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party's been to the left of the Republican Party on... The issue of mixed capitalism, more social programs. They push Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, enormously popular programs. I think uh, ACA, Obamacare has also wished to follow through with it and make it work. I think most Americans would be happy that have a public option and have Medicare uh, followed through with but i, I don 't want to get into the, you know i 'm on every night. I'll let the Democrats figure this out. I, I have my own views of the word socialist, and i 'll be glad to tell them share them with you in private and they go back to uh, the early 1950s. I have an attitude about them. I remember the Cold War. I have an attitude towards Castro. Well, I believe if Castro and the, and, the, and the Reds had won the Cold War, there would have been executions in Central Park, and I might have been one of the ones getting executed, and certain other people would be there cheering okay So I have a problem with people who took the other side. I don't know who Bernie, uh, Bernie supports over these years. I don't know what he means by social. One week, it's Denmark. We're going to be like Denmark. Okay, that's harmless. That's, a, that's basically a capitalist country with a lot of good social welfare programs. Denmark is harmless. He's pretty clearly in the Denmark is category, yeah. Are you sure? How do you know? Did he tell you that? Well, I mean, that's what he says, and that's what his agenda calls for, right? Yeah, yeah. He's not oh, calling yeah, for well, anything. Let's, mean, let's see. Let's, see. let's yeah, figure I've that seen, one
0: out. Well, we haven't seen a, a campaign yet. Where video of him praising the other version of right. Castro then, has been used, well, but that will be used. That's a question we of how, seen how that plays,
1: of how tander, What what the effect that has? In well, what does election. he think of Castro? That's, that's a great it. question. What did you think of Fidelismo? We all oh, thought he was great when he oh, first, first. I was cheering like okay. mad for him gonna, when he first wait. went in, and hold then became a communist and started shooting okay. every one of his enemies. Okay, hold so, All those thoughts on the Cubans. All those thoughts on Cuban revolution. All
0: right. So whoa, lots of lots of information going. Uh, being shared there. Well, Again, this is uh, uh, MSNBC, Chris Matthews. And I don't know what the... I played this. uh, This is a clip that was tweeted out. And I don't know what those sounds were every 15 seconds. Sounded like someone in the audio room was, I don't know, having dinner and sucking on the spoon or something. But anyway, this... Exchange. There is a, a ton of things going here. First of all, first of all, when you, when you get down to it, Chris Matthews, a Democrat, at the at the end of this thing, actually says, "I don't know if Bernie Sanders." This is what he this is what he says. I don't know if Bernie Sanders is a Fidel Castro socialist or a Denmark socialist, as he said, Denmark socialist which is harmless right Those who are I believe in some social wear, uh, welfare programs and, and that sort of thing versus a hardcore socialist Castro he said would have shot people or if we would have lost the Cold War there would have been people shot in Central Park so Chris Chris uh, about said Wallace Chris Matthews here is is confused as to what Bernie really means, when he talks about socialism as by the way are as everyone else in the country first of all no one really has a good grasp on what or very few anyway have a good grasp on what socialism is no one um very few anyway and the very few have a have a working knowledge of what this this ideology is why it's Bad. Why it's anti-American? Few people, especially these talking heads on MSC, NBC, understand this. But Chris Wallace is saying, "Look, we the, the the Democrat Party, the Democratic Party has an identity crisis. Right? Are we left of center, <laughs> leftist uh, liberals, or are we?" full fledged socialists is that what we are going to be and folks, this is essentially what this nomination process is about, so I wanna pause and i wanna talk use that as a springboard now to kind of talk about this this election, right? We had the Iowa caucus. we still don't know what's going on with Iowa. In fact, we've got two candidates that are talking. ...that are trying to get things re-canvassed. We have the Democrat Party that's talked about re-canvassing. We have folks calling for the resignation of DNC Chair Tom Perez. We've got an unmitigated disaster. Again, as I've said on here before, I will say again... ...the folks who want to control every aspect of your life... ...my life, your child's life, probably your dog's life... ...these folks who have no bounds, no limits on what they think they can accomplish if you only vote for them, if you only give them more money, if you only give them more authority and control over your life. Boy, oh boy, your life would be nothing but bliss. Your life would fall right into place simply by trusting them to call the shots, make the decisions. It's exactly, I guess, how we're supposed to believe God made it to be for other people to make decisions for us i suppose but this is this is what they tell us this is what they proclaim there's nothing i mean if you listen to these debates and look i'm not going to let republicans off the hook either because republicans do this as well you can say ask about any single issue i don't even care what it is it can be the most off the wall uh, just totally insignificant or irrelevant issue or thing that you didn't even know wasn't a factor. Right. I mean, blender safety or some such thing. Somebody, they have a plan for that. Uh, my plan is to do this and to make sure that that happens. And we'll make sure that we reduce this and that and so forth, increase that, create jobs, save taxpayers money somehow by increasing more spending they're going to save us money this is how this game is played but they cannot they cannot even count votes simple it's really simple in the iowa caucus in fact you could probably in most circumstances look across the room and just do a quick little you know visual check wow there's more people over there by the sanders banner bernie sanders won this i don't even 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 need to truly count I can see that there's about twice as many people over there than there are under, say, the Elizabeth Warren banner. Bernie Bernie Sanders wins this particular precinct. There you go. Problem solved. No, no, no. We can't do that. They got to have apps, and, apps that are created by Hillary Clinton, or not Hillary, but fans and friends of Clinton. So this party is in complete disarray. Not only that, As Chris Wallace said here in this soundbite, there's a fight for the heart, mind, and soul of the Democratic Party. And so there's really a couple of camps. You've got the Bernie Sanders-Elizabeth Warren camp, if you will, the outright socialists. You know, in 2016, people would even deny that label. I go back to Obama's term as president. I I go back to, to that time when... Uh, that, that phrase would have never been worn with honor by the Obama administration, maybe in certain circles, but not, not campaigning as a socialist, a democratic socialist. Now we, we've got that. We've got that. Where we've literally targeted, we've targeted, Bernie Sanders has targeted, Elizabeth Warren has targeted wealthy people to say, you're going to pay. We're coming after you to make you pay for the mess you've caused. Basically, it's a it's a vengeance vote to some degree. Folks looking around at their own problems thinking, who can be problem for the, or responsible for this? I've got it. It's the rich people. The ultra-wealthy, they are responsible for my particular plight, and I need a candidate that's going to stick it to them. They're going to give me what's justifiably mine because these wealthy billionaires have been sitting around sipping some very expensive wine and other alcoholic beverages, smoking cigars, trying to plot and destroy my life. now they need to pay. they need to pay for all the trouble and turmoil they've caused me, and I've got a candidate now that's gonna come out here and make them do that. And then you've got others who say, look we can't we can't be socialist. that's you know some of these folks grew up or they were alive during the Cold War, they understand that some of the problems of socialism, they just want to, at least in their minds, they just want to tinker around the edges with, with some social programs because they feel like it's morally right, which we'll talk about that as the program comes together today. Whose responsibility is it? What's the best way to solve for these problems that we have culturally, societally, poverty, that sort of thing? What's the role of freedom? Is forced charity really charitable at all? Can you be charitable with someone else's money? Questions like that. These are things that uh, the left apparently uh, has different answers for than I do. Or maybe they haven't even thought of the question. I don't know. Anyhow, we're going to talk about that, how it pertains to the New Hampshire primary, which of course is today. So, we'll address that when we return, but I've got to take a time out here. Sit tight. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. So,. I thought the best way to kick off this discussion of candidates and the I guess the battle for what's happening within the Democrat party, Democratic party is for us to listen to Trump last night. Trump went to hosted a rally last night in in New Hampshire. And by the way, during the break, I knew I would do this. I knew I would do this. <laughs> Uh, Oz told me that I was saying Chris Wallace it's Chris Matthews I I know I just don't know why I keep saying Chris Wallace I knew I would do this but it's Chris Matthews so bear with me Chris Matthews is who the soundbite was with earlier uh, where he went off on Democrats talking about socialism talking about raising questions whether Bernie whether Bernie was more like Fidel Castro actually saying that's a good question to ask Bernie so though Chris Matthews doesn't have a microphone and has never has no ability to talk to Bernie himself this seems like something he would want to do hey Bernie what do you think of what do you think of Fidel Castro what do you think of his brand of socialism that turned into communism that turned into nothing but oppression and, and death for people anyway but I want to so, so we've got this, this war. We've got this group of candidates vying for votes. You've got the radical left, the socialist wing. You've got the – I don't want to call them the moderate left. They're still, I think, largely in favor of a lot of these programs and spending. They're just not comfortable with the, the terminology. Don't call us socialists. We grew up during the Cold War. You know, It just doesn't – it's not something that uh, we want to embrace. But we do believe that government holds the answers to virtually all of our problems. So in that respect, they're the same thing. So Trump takes the stage, and I think it's great. He's in Wisconsin the night before this primary kicks off. You've got these Democrat candidates who are getting a few hundred people here and there, minus Bernie. Bernie's got a, a bigger crowd, so there's, there's energy for Bernie. But Trump goes out, of course, fills a big stadium, I think, that has a capacity of 12,000. He takes to the podium, and he does what Trump does. And he actually has this to say, and he concludes these remarks by talking about who he wants to run against in 2020. So this, I think, is the other thing that even though it's Trump saying it, the left won't acknowledge that it's, it's accurate. It, it represents how they feel as well. It really does. There are, there are people in the Democratic Party who absolutely feel this way about their candidates. And here's what Trump has to say about that.
2: Washington Democrats keep on losing their minds. They're crazy. That's why millions of registered Democrat voters are leaving their party to join our movement. They're joining our great Republican party. I can't tell you what's happening tomorrow because, you know, you have some pretty strange election laws here, right? Remember last time we won the primary tremendously? We should have won the election, but they had buses being shipped up from Massachusetts. Hundreds and hundreds of buses. And it was very, very close, even though they did. But this year, you know, we have a great governor, Governor Sununu, great governor, Chris. And now you get prosecuted if you do what they did. So it should be a lot different. But we have done great. This has been an incredible state for us. It's a state where the people are great. Just great people. And we hear that there could be, because you have crossovers in primaries, don't you? So I hear a lot of Republicans tomorrow will vote for the weakest candidate possible of the Democrats. Does that make sense? You people wouldn't do that. My only problem is I'm trying to figure out who is their weakest candidate. I think they're all weak, (laughs) one another. We proudly welcome and embrace voters of all parties and political persuasions who want to join our mission, a very simple mission, remember? Make America great again.
0: There you go. Trump taking to the stage, Trump doing what only Trump can do. Trump up there saying, you know, I'm looking, you know, some of you may be thinking of crossing over tomorrow in this primary and voting Democrat. Maybe. I don't know. Some of you might want to do that. Not sure why you might want to consider voting for their weakest candidate. But as Trump says, I'm not sure who that even is, because I think they're all weak. And I think that this encapsulates the real fear that exists within the party, the establishment leaders, so let me explain. We've got, we've got this battle for the heart and soul of the Democrat Party, right? And so you have the Sanders Warren wing, the ultra leftist, open socialist, and so they're fighting for the radical left base. These are the folks who have the likes of AOC. She's out there being the the surrogate, the spokesperson, the one of the chief campaigners for Bernie this is the sort of individuals that these uh, that these folks draw into the into the midst this is the center of the this is the heart of the campaign for Sanders the squad the good old radical leftist squad insane out of control juvenile squad led by AOC herself she's up there speaking and campaigning on behalf of the nutty professor, Bernie Sanders. So you've got that wing, and it appears at this point in time, it appears at this point in time, that Bernie Sanders is going to secure, now this is, look, There's a we have a long ways to go, but he's actually catching a little bit of, I guess you could say a wave, but he is in the process of battling elizabeth warren for control for the vote of that particular wing of the party the radical left and so that's what's happening right now this by the way if you remember the debate you probably didn't watch it you were well advised not to instead trusting that i would come on here and tell you what i saw in this silly debate i want to smack myself in the face when i watch these silly things but i do it for you folks (laughs) i do it for you but when you saw or when you heard me talk about Bernie and Elizabeth Warren remember after that debate uh, here recently she she stormed up to him and said something along the lines of why'd you call me a liar on national TV Bernie should have responded by saying nobody was watching anyway he did not I thought that was a great opportunity for him to say that they went back and forth he said you called me a liar blah 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 she wouldn't shake his hand all that kind of stuff right that's the reason it was Bernie versus my cousin Liz Elizabeth Warren is because is because they are fighting for control the 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 support of I guess you could say the radical left wing of the party, and so as these strategists think about these things, they think, okay, first things first we can't we can't really take on um we we need to we need to garner our base of support first. We need to build our base. And so the quickest way for us to do this is to take out the candidate who's most like us. And that would be my cousin Liz, Elizabeth Warren. And so that's what's happening. Elizabeth Warren's camp thinks the same thing. In order for us to be able to compete with whoever comes out of the establishment side, these other candidates, Biden, Buttigieg, you know what? I feel like that name has evolved over time. When I first started saying it, it was Pete Buttigieg. Now it's Pete Edge. So I don't know if we need to change how we pronounce that here or what. I don't know that I can ever get away with that, if I can change my speaking pattern or not, but Pete Buttigieg, Edge, as they're now saying it, um, Amy Klobuchar and Michael Bloomberg out there waiting in the wings, some people thinking that he is the savior, savior for the establishment, that he's the one that can beat Trump. He's got this deep war chest that's funded by his own money and so forth, which I thought, by the way, was a terrible thing for someone to have wealth in this country, if you listen to Bernie Sanders and my cousin Liz talk. But anyhow, so that's the segment. And so the idea is I have to win my bracket, if you will. I have to defeat the people. You could say it's like winning the conference championship before getting invited to the to the you know the next round, you have to win. You have to you have to win the, the, the support of your base, and so it's Bernie versus Warren, and then it's Edge, Biden, Klobuchar, and Bloomberg. Whenever he decides to come into the race here in a couple of weeks with this, uh, Super Tuesday on March third, so that's what all this stuff that Chris Chris uh, Matthews see, I got it right there. Chris Matthews was complaining about. He doesn't like the Warren, my cousin Liz wing of the party because, candidly, candidly they're a little bit uh, too openly socialist. And when he hears socialist, he thinks of the likes of Fidel Castro, thinks of pe- about people getting shot in Times Square had the Soviets or had the Cubans won those standoffs back in the during the Cold War. So anyway, more to discuss about this when we return. But I've got to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative, not Better Talk. Be advised that listening can cause you to lean to the right. Be careful out there this morning. Back in just a minute. All right. Welcome back. So we've been talking about really this whole battle uh, for the primary. So you've got the Warren... Sanders wing the socialist wing they're fighting it out it appears at this point that Bernie is winning then you've got the other candidates today on the ballot you have who you've got boot edge edge you've got Biden and you've got Amy Klobuchar who's actually as they are putting it uh, beginning to surge she's beginning to surge although I'm not really sure that I would call it a surge she's really She's really just at – what is it? I think I saw the latest poll was about 12 percent. So it's totally possible that Joe Biden – remember, this is the same Joe Biden that Trump was trying to target. Trump was going after when he called Ukraine, at least this is the narrative. Trump thought, my, oh, my, I have got to beat this – I need help beating this guy. This guy is just a special political candidate. Right? I, I need help. And who do I go to? I need to go to the Ukrainians. That's always surprised me, by the way, with as much as the, as many bad things as the left has to say, the radical left, the Democrat Party, the media, as many bad things they have to say about Trump. Uh, you would think that he wouldn't need to go to a foreign country. You thought, you would think that he would have enough bad people in his inner circle to get, get this job taken care of especially as an authoritarian, which they've told us that he is. Anyway, so this is what Trump was supposed to have done, target Biden. Now Biden's in – what place is Biden in? Fifth place maybe. Actually in fifth, <laughs> fifth place. I mean it's, it's nuts to just watch this thing, this thing unfold. This is a little bit I think how conservatives feel – Maybe conservatives and the establishment Republicans feel when we go through our primary, our primary process, we've seen people like, say, John McCain in two thousand eight, Mitch, excuse me, Mitt Romney in two thousand twelve. Conservatives were not really excited about that. We thought uh, we can't have Obama as, as president first term or by the second term everybody knew that we couldn't have another term of Obama and so we voted for these folks uh, but but kind of reluctantly in a lot of ways not excited right not excited at all in fact I remember having a conversation with somebody someone that you might know that shall remain remain nameless we were at an event and um he and I were were talking and basically the idea came up about the the 2012 election and this individual said that the conservatives basically let the party down because they didn't come out in full support of of Mitt Romney and um, (laughs) it's it's interesting to me that the thought process here I mean it's a candidate's job to win votes it's a candidate's job to, to drive people to the polls. That's why, by the way, Trump's out there rallying on the eve of these primaries and caucuses. Cauci, whatever the right way to say this is. I think it's great. I think Trump going out there and rallying uh, in the land, in the state where there is a caucus or primary the next day for the democrats is fantastic especially when you can compare and contrast his crowds with the size of their crowds now i know that there's more candidates uh, that, that trump is facing right it's not just trump versus bernie's crowd size it's trump versus multiple candidates but it's still quite telling where the energy where the energy is and i think it's clear at this point the energy is behind bernie and on the left and Trump on the right. So – on the Republican side anyway. So – but this is how we feel I think a little bit. There's these, these battles. Is the party going to go further left? Is it going to go as, as, as Chris uh, Matthews is concerned? Is it going to go all out Fidel Castro? <laughs> I mean look, I'm just telling you what he's saying. This is what he's, he's asking. He's a Democrat. Chris Matthews asking – you know i think we should ask the question of bernie what do you think of fidel castro is this really the, this is this the brand of socialism that you endorse so that's the that's what's shaking up here that's what's that's what's uh, you know people are trying to predict this some people say bernie's set up to run away with this some people are saying that you know once uh, say elizabeth warren drops out of the mix once it becomes inevitable for the biden team that they are in big trouble uh, they they don't have a lot of money. They're not polling well. They're hoping to get to South Carolina and some of these Super Tuesday states where they might they might do better. We don't know at this point. Even in polling, his numbers are plummeting. He usually has high support from African American voters. That's dropped significantly in recent months. It's like the everyone's abandoning ship in the Biden campaign. As far as uh, well, those that had supported Biden, they're jumping out now. He they did fire some, at least one key individual in the campaign. There might have been others, and so there's there's panic, there's chaos. Even even Biden's out there talking about how they've not performed well so far. That's that's not a good sign in a campaign. Not a good sign. He's calling people. What was that name he called? Someone, I played the soundbite sound yesterday, Pony face, some such thing, who knows? And so there's panic. The establishment types look up and they say, who, if Biden doesn't win, can Buttigieg win? Can Klobuchar win? Or is this going to be a Bernie Sanders nomination? And they don't like that. Then you got the whole issue of where will people in the middle go in the general election? if there is such a thing anymore as the middle. Anyway, that's what's shaping up here. I have to take a break. You're listening more on this when we get back. You're listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. Yes, I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. So we've got this battle waging within the Democrat Party. Again, as I put it, we've – I I jokingly say day number nine. I I start the party in turmoil's date on uh, last Monday with the Iowa caucus. But the truth is it goes way, way, way back, way back, much further than that, a party in crisis. A party in crisis. It is, in fact, a party in crisis. It really is. And so you've got folks now that are predicting. I have to say, I don't particularly understand the need to try to predict these things. I know some people wear these predictions if they're uh, correct in their assessments of things. Who wins elections? They wear these as kind of a, a badge of honor. I, look, I, I go back. To, I I think it takes – the real, the real skill comes in explaining what the intent is of those who have been elected. See, that's something that we can actually break down and analyze and predict where people are going with things because that's something that we understand who they are. These voters, folks, we don't know. We don't know who these folks are. I've seen – in fact, last night I saw Pete booed edge-edge compared to Barack Obama some po- some folks apparently think he is Barack Obama um, the, the newest latest version I guess of of his candidacy uh but but that's that's not really accurate in the sense of uh, he doesn't have in fact I watched some clips of him yesterday I watched someone introduce him and as they introduced him they did the you know the <laughs> If you're watching on the Facebook cam, I'm gonna show you you know this. People raise raise the roof like this, you know, what put their hands above their heads and kinda push up towards the ceiling. I saw some lady introducing him doing that, and it looked ridiculous, at least as ridiculous as what I just looked like, and probably slightly worse. And then not only that, bootages started doing it. And booted excuse me, boot edge edge did not do it nearly as uh, well as even the the goofball that was up there doing it b- before him and he came up and he gave she gave him a hug he gave her a really awkward hug there's just a, a lot of awkwardness now should these things matter in politics no but i pointed out only because they do matter in politics they do matter they do matter to the left and if we really want to get down to boot edge edges chance uh, chances of winning the nomination we would ask questions such as such as, does boot edge edge favor a college football playoff system? Does boot edge edge have a sweet jumper? Does boot edge edge give speeches that make people collapse and faint? That would be the real measure of whether boot edge edge would win the nomination or not. Because again, this, this is what some of these folks uh, end up voting for. This is the thing, these are the things that are, that are important to them. So I'm not going to predict what's going to happen here. But I can tell you that that is what we laid out today is is the struggle, the, the strategy. The strategy is for Sanders and Warren, for them to fight it out, and for there to be one person standing representing the radical left. And then the other candidates, Biden, boot edge edge, Klobuchar, and Bloomberg – whenever he steps into the race and if anyone else steps into the race i got a friend who swears that the nominee isn't even any of those people that i've listed and look if there's ever a time for that to be true i suppose that could be that could be this year again i'm not predicting that i'm just they've got a mess is what it comes down to so the strategy is for someone to come out of there and then for it to be you know sanders versus Buttigieg or sanders versus bloomberg or warren versus Biden or whatever it shapes out to be. Right now, it looks like it's Sanders versus someone who's not Biden at this particular point. So we will see how this shapes out, shakes out uh, today in the state of New Hampshire. But I have to take a time out. Got to take a time out, come back and wrap up this first hour. But never fear, we have a second hour. For those of you uh, who want to continue listening or who are able to do so, you can listen Live or on demand simply by going to com slash total access slash total access. And you can see how you can listen to the program as a member uh, subscriber to Total uh, Total Access. So going to take a time out here. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. So this time, actually, and probably, uh, let's see, the polls close in New Hampshire in 12 hours, 7 p.m. Eastern. So, well, you know, I would say under normal circumstances, I I forgot about Iowa for a moment. Normally, we would know by, say, I don't know, 9, 10, probably something like that, who wins this actual primary but who knows who knows what's going to happen just like we had no idea what was going to happen in in iowa i mean there's a whole list of possible scenarios here as to what could happen there's an infinite universe of possibilities whenever you factor in all of the silly shenanigans like we saw in the state of state of iowa so but assuming they don't repeat that total debacle we should have a victor if you will again these these delegates the other thing to keep in mind is these delegates are awarded proportionally so just because you win doesn't necessarily mean anything you might have only gotten a delegate or two more than someone else so anyway continue this conversation in total access see you in a minute